The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by Habs Eyes on the Prize.com. Buffalo selects Jack Eichel. On behalf of our great fans in Western New York, the Buffalo Sabres are proud to select Prolunda defenseman Rasmus Dahlin. On behalf of the Buffalo Sabres and all of our great fans, we are proud to select from the University of Michigan, Owen Power. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Atlantic Division Preview. I'm here with one of my good friends and uh, former writer of the SBN website, Die by the Blade, but now he runs his own and it's Expected Buffalo. You really should follow him on Twitter. It's Chad Didomenesis. Thank you for joining me, Chad. Hey man, anytime. Glad to be on. Especially considering it's a Bills game in about you know fifty five minutes. Yeah, this is an easy week. Well, it's supposed to be. It's the NFL, you never know. But they're seventeen and a half point favorites today, so they should be. They should be right. in this who, one. Who are they playing? The Bengals or Texans? <laughs> Texans. All right. Yeah. Yep. Well, everyone has left the Texans, so we never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but we're not here to talk about the Bills, even if that probably would have been better for you in, in yeah. some ways. Yeah. Because. Uh, Speaking about Buffalo Sabres at the moment is not one of the better things to do. We saw one of your uh, former players go on a rant last night about mm, uh, yeah. medication in, in the NHL. He has had an article with one of my other good friends, Yuan Rylander, here in Gothenburg, with, with what he felt was being betrayed by the Buffalo Sabres as well. We got the Jack Eichel drama, obviously. We had the, uh, I shouldn't say holdout by Rasmus Dahlin, but the contract took some time to get sorted. Where do you want to start? I don't know, man. I mean, it's your show. So I guess the dealer's choice here. I'm ready to go on whatever you want to go at. I mean, usually the Eichel thing is where we start most of our shows. So we can kind of, I guess, get that elephant out of the room first if you want. Yeah, let's do that. Let's start with the actual drama and, and uh, your take on it. Yeah, it's the, um, look, it's a really... I don't know if odds the right word, but I think it's a difficult situation for all parties. Uh, you have a player who clearly wants to move on. You have a star player who has a neck injury that's significant. Uh, I think the Sabres, and maybe to an extent, Eichel hoped that it was something that with rehab that he would be able to at least play games this season. But no, that's not the case. So he need, does need surgery of some kind. And that's where the disagreement comes in. The Sabres want him to get diffusion surgery. He wants to get the artificial disc replacement. Um, the catch on the artificial disc replacement is that it's never been done on a professional hockey player. Um, so that's why there's some hesitation with that. Um, 
there's also nuances behind it when it comes to insurance and things like that too, which isn't really talked about a lot, but is part of this, especially when you have $50 million of guaranteed money uh, at stake in some of this too. And that's why the trade itself is also difficult because you have a team who has to take on essentially a $50 million liability because uh, whether whatever surgery you get, you don't know if you're going to get the same Jack Eichel that he was before, or if he's even going to be able to play again, because they're while slim, there is that chance that he may not be able to return to the ice full time too. So that's makes all of this difficult, but you know, really you have two parties here. And I think on the other side, which kind of gets not a lot of people talk about is yeah. Eichel wants to move on, but nobody really talks about the Sabres are ready to move on to. This is kind of a mutual separation. You know, there was, Last summer, not this summer, but summer before that, there was, you know, Adams took some calls, but, you know, that wasn't the right time to move Jack. It, it looked like it was going to be this summer. Things didn't get turned around. They definitely didn't get turned around. So it wasn't a surprise that we had this summer of trade talk going around. But I just think that's something I like to put out there because everyone's like, oh, Jack wanted to leave. Jack wanted to leave. Well, yeah, but I think also starting as of a year and a half ago, the Sabres kind of started to put out there the notion that, you know, maybe they're ready to move on to and ready for a change. And that's where we are now. So the Sabres are heading down this new route, this new path. They moved away Sam Reinhardt. They moved out Rasmus Ristolainen too. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know how this is going to end, honestly. I, I, Eichel has a new agent now, Pat Brisson, one of the best agents in the, in the game. So I don't know. The NHL is involved. The PA is involved. Robin Leonard is trying to get involved. Like, well, like I said, there's so much complication to it with the surgery, with the doctors, you know, what doctors are referring to what not all teams probably agree with Eichel. Some teams maybe do. And that maybe makes it complicated because maybe a team, let's say, for example, like Vegas, who's interested, their doctors from the Sabres pass with like, well, yeah, he should get the fusion, but he wants the disc replacement. Is he going to change his approach if he leaves Buffalo? I don't know. It, it's a whole mishmash of complication and then on top of it you have 50 million dollars of guaranteed money which add more complication to it too yeah and and uh, as you mentioned it was rumored even during the season that he might be traded at the deadline the injury sort of put, you, put an end to that yep. notion but but it really has been on the cards for for quite some time and uh, yeah it is a mess and and it's unfortunate that it all hinges on a very very serious injury and and the um, surgery to to work that one out but uh, yeah. yeah it's uh, it is something to follow <laughs> obviously every, a good jack Eichel uh, or a healthy jack Eichel will bring in a lot of, of, of uh, draft capital and, and prospects but on the other hand a a injured uh, jack Eichel won't so, so yeah i can see the the problematic yeah. uh, um, the situation that, that has arisen out of this and, and obviously with, you know, the different surgeries and, and uh, that brings into it as well. And yeah, we'll see. Uh, obviously, you, you, you mentioned it very smartly there. So Robin Leonard as well. Um, very, very outspoken. Uh, he has been outspoken about his stint in, in Buffalo. He's been outspoken yeah. about uh, his support for, for Jack Eichel and his support for for um, you know people that that has been offered uh, medication that they probably shouldn't have without a a doctor looking at them as well which came out last night and most media ran with it um yeah. is that causing an extra problem on the sabers right now or is it just water under the bridge in a way for for the organization it's not water under the bridge for 
us that are looking or, or, or obviously for the people playing as well? Yeah, I mean, it was a long time ago, so I don't think that there's much of an issue with that. I believe most of those doctors that were here uh, during Leonard's time, uh, either most of them or all of them are no longer here. Um, so they have a new medical staff in. Um, but, you know, I get where Leonard's frustration comes from uh, with that ankle injury. I can understand it. Um, but, you know, there's the, the other part of it, too, that in a way, it's you're only telling one side of the story, essentially, because the stuff that this organization did for him when he was going through his mental health stuff, um, he doesn't really talk about, but they did a lot for him. They, at the end of the season, he went to rehab. They just said he was out. They didn't mention the rehab at all. Jason Botterill kept his mouth shut in the whole process. The whole, it was, everyone thought it was kind of weird that he didn't get a qualifying offer. Why wouldn't you do that? Botterill could have said at any point, hey, he's got some, you know, off the ice issue going on. Never said a word. Just said that we thought this was the best path for both sides. And, you know, and, and Botterill was very supportive of him the whole time. Called in and checked on him and he was going through all of that. Uh, put in a good word for him when teams called. And so, you know, that part of it, he, he's talked about that when he first, you know, came out of the whole rehab thing. He mentioned it, but I feel like that part of it kind of gets left behind now because that's not what the big talking point is. So, yeah, I can understand from a medical standpoint that he had some issues with team doctors. And look, this would not be the first time there's been some medical odd things that have happened with the Sabres over recent years uh, either. So I can completely understand that. But, you know, I, I don't think the Sabres are complete bad guys in all of this situation with Leonard, how they handled him when he was here obviously the, the, it was sold was it um two weeks ago more or less uh Rasmus Dalin finally signed his contract a three-year contract 18 million um it's a, obviously a big contract but he is the superstar more or less in in the organization right now except for the first round pick from this year uh on power but but it's three million, uh, three years, which means that he is a restricted free agent coming out of it. Uh, do you see that as the period where the Sabers will have to have something interesting building for Erasmus to stay, or, or will he uh, be gone either way? No, I think if there's something building, then yeah, I think they're fine. But that's the, um, that's one of the two or three things I didn't like about this contract. I mean, the money's a little bit high, but it's not the end of the world, it's whatever. But it also um, comes after the Kotkaniemi offer sheet. So you right. can see that they put up a quite a high average number for, for annual average number. Yeah. And a lot of the defensemen this year on the league too got paid. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, Seth Jones, Rowinski, um, and there are a few more beyond that. So, you know, the price for a defensive this year was, was kind of crazy. Um you know, the, the, the Quinn Hughes contract came out after Darlene, six years, 7.75. Maybe that's a little bit more ideal what the Sabres could have wanted, but who knows what Darlene really was asking for. It just The odd thing about all of this is, is months back, the initial report was that the Sabres came in strong with a long-term offer that Darlene's side was open to, and they said it was a strong, reasonable offer. And that's when we all kind of assumed, okay, they're going to get this long-term deal done, and then that, that'd be what they're going to do. And then months and months went by, and before you know it, we're in uh, September and training camp's getting close, and then you have this three-year contract come out. So, yeah, I think it's tough. They kind of walked him into, you know, one, he'll be arbitration eligible, so that puts some power in his hands. They walked him into a situation where he's one year from unrestricted free agency, kind of similar to what happened with Sam Reinhardt this year, where you could say, okay, I'll sign one year with you, but after that, I'm not resigning. 
So that puts you in a bad spot if your team isn't going in the right direction uh, at that point in three years. Um, the other thing too that I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't really, since they gave him everything else, I wasn't a fan of too, is that third year, um, his salary boosted up to that $7.2 million, which means now that's his minimum qualifying offer. So now, not only if you keep him, you have to pay him at least $7.2 million, which you probably were going to anyways. But I think even in a trade aspect that now kind of puts some, I don't know, a GM can kind of spin that and goes, well, you got this balloon qualifying offer. Now I got to pay this guy. And, you know, if maybe if he doesn't reach that point that we all think he would as, as that draft pick first overall a couple of years ago, but he's still a respectable player. But let's say really he is a seven and a half million dollar player or a seven million dollar defenseman and the team is still interested in him, but then there's a seven point two million dollar qualifying offer. So it adds some complication to it, which I didn't think was necessary when you were basically conceding in every single other point throughout this whole contract um, when it came out. So we'll see. I mean, I'm not concerned about it. I, I think as long as things are going, you know, in the right direction, which hopefully they are. And, you know, by year three, um, that's fine. And also, you know, it affords the Sabres the ability to kind of see how things go over the next three years. He's going to be, he's their guy now, you know, so he's going to play the most minutes. He's going to play the most difficult, you know, opponent lines and, and all of that good stuff. So, He's their guy. Um, he's had some up and downs throughout his career, that's for sure. Um, but he needs to find consistency now if he really ever wants to hit that point that we all thought he could be. He was drafted first overall in 2018. Who will he play with? Because hitting those... Yoki Haru. Yoki yeah. Haru will be his partner. He uh, played with him under Granado last year, and that went very well. Uh, they've been together in training camp. They only played one game. Uh, Friday was their first preseason game of the season. Um, and they were pretty good in that game too. And, and Thursday would have three games upcoming this week. And I imagine, you know, Dalene and Yoki Haru will play at least two or two of the three. Because that really, you know, it, it sets a standard as well. You need to have someone that he he is confident with playing and if you yes. want to bring out the best with him. Of course, yep. of they course. fought very well off each other last season. So that was, it, it's helped. I mean, they're both young. I mean, he's 20, what, 21. I think Yoki Haru is, is just turning 21 too. So if you're top two your top pair of defense and both being 21, 22 years old is not ideal, but you know, if it works out, then you got a pretty solid pair there in, at a young age. You got a very interesting um, mixed um, defender as well. Matthias Samuelsson comes with yeah. some uh, great pedigree. Is he ready for that step? Yeah, I thought he was going to make the team out of camp this year. Um, unfortunately, in the first game of the prospects challenge at the very end of the game, he blocked the shot. Um, and hasn't seen the ice since. So when training camp opened, it said he was week to week with a lower body injury. He has not skated in a practice. He has not played in a game. So that likely means he'll at least start the season in Rochester because it's unfortunate because he had a good season in the AHL last year. He played a couple of games in the NHL and looked good. Um, and they, I thought his, his skating improved from where it was. He moves very well for his size, uh, better than I thought he was. And Better you know, than his dad. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that was all encouraging stuff, but just unfortunate, uh, you know, after that game, I was there, I, I was covering the game and, you know, Seth Appert, who was the coach, who's the AHL coach, but he was coaching the prospect challenge, said Samuelson was going to be fine. Um, when I was leaving, I followed Samuelson out of the building and let's just say I didn't, I, I was skeptical about the whole, he'll be fine thing. And sure enough. Day to day. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Obviously, for, for those that don't know, it's Shell Samuelson, former NHLer and uh, big guy. Uh, he is. Played, played he with is. Ulf Samuelson as well, not related. 
but but got I think they got a ring or two in uh, in Pittsburgh together, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, looking at the, I mean, like, let's let's face it, you're uh, putting out the this year as well with the Buffalo uh, Sabers, and it looks to be a lottery pick once more. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the goalies are not really making no any any making me view that in another angle. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting what they're going to do. I mean, right now the guys in competition. Uh, well, I mean, we know Karganishin is going to be the de facto starter, quote unquote. So, I mean, that, I think that's pretty set in stone. Uh, from there, it's who's going to be the other guy with them. Uh, Aaron Dell and the Sabres prospect Ukupaka Lukanen seem like the two guys would be competing. Well, Aaron Dell in his first game, preseason game, was really bad. And it, from all some support, he's having a bad training camp too. So he might be headed to the AHL. Lukin is weird because that prospect challenge game he had, uh, he did play and he had a shutout and played very well. He played very well in his the first period um, against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, on, I think it was Thursday last week. And then after that, the wheels sort of kind of fell off for him, but that really wasn't entirely his fault. But at the end of the night, you know, there was six goals in the back of the net. One of those was an empty net goal, but still. So that's not ideal and then the other guy in the mix here is dustin tokarski uh not known at all for montreal fans <laughs> <laughs> so he he played a lot with the sabers last year um you know up and down uh but he, it was assumed he was going to go to the ahl you know and just go back to being that role but with how bad dell is playing and maybe lucan and not finding that consistency yet and he's only 22 years old still so maybe they kind of want him to be the starter in the ahl all of a sudden, it looks like it might be a tandem of Tokarski and Anderson. So we'll see. This week will be a very good indicator. Like I said, three games. Um, I'm assuming Tokarski, Dell, and Lugan are going to get a long look at all those games because there's really no reason to put Anderson through that, especially at his age either. Um, so we'll see how that shakes out. But, yeah, it doesn't give you much confidence um, at, at all. And it, it's frustrating because, like, I think the defense is slightly improved from what they had last year in certain areas. Um, I think the system will be improved going from, well, Kruger to Don Granado, but, you know, that safety blanket of goaltending might be a really big issue for them for the entirety of the year. Yeah, you got Lukonen. Um, I, I, I would assume he would go to the AHL. You don't want to put the goalie in the situation where Buffalo is in right now to to learn to play the NHL and maybe give up those big game goals or, or a lot of goals in not so important games, depending on how you look at it. Um, but yeah, yeah. it's, it's um, you also have some interesting guys. You got Levy and Portillo coming up in, in yeah. behind looking and, and, and both of them seems to be doing very well as so, so, you know, the, the pipeline is good. It's, it's now that looks a little bit worse though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Levi had a shutout in his first collegiate game yesterday um, in Michigan play. <laughs> I feel bad for college teams because University of Michigan is stacked, as people probably know. But yeah. they played their first uh, game. It was an exhibition game against uh, Bowling Green yesterday, and they won seven to one. So gives you an idea how loaded that uh, Michigan team is. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, like uh, we could almost hand out the NCAA trophy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before the season starts. We shouldn't really be doing that, but but in some ways, you could argue that with the with the roster that Michigan has, it, it really should be that way. Yeah. Um, Looking at the def- uh, the offense, though, you got – I don't really know where to start. We, we probably have to start. We, we only mentioned, but we, you got Okpozo, you got Middlestat, you got 
who else? Skinner, obviously, but you know, are these, yeah, are these guys that Cousins is obviously young, and you're gonna, you're not gonna trade him. But the other ones, no, are, are these guys that you're gonna lose at the deadline? Um, maybe not, no, I mean, not because not, he's also young, but, but yeah, not you know. Skinner. Um, I mean, he's got that monster contract, and no one's taking that. Same thing with Oposo, um, unless they eat some of that contract. I don't think so. Um, so I think those guys know because uh, Oposo has two years left. So a team that take two years, those again, the Sabres can eat some of that, but I don't think so. I don't think there'll be enough interest there. Uh, Skinner, no. Middlestat, no. Um, you know, some guys, maybe like a Vinny Henestroza, who they signed yep. uh, to a one-year deal. He's look, he's looked pretty good. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, if he plays – you know, well for them that he's definitely someone you know that could be a trade deadline acquisition for them. But other than that, it's going to be a pretty young team. I mean, Victor Olsson, I don't think they're going to move him. Uh, R2 Rutsalainen uh, from Liga, some people might remember him. He's looked pretty good. He's, he's kind of one of those finisher guys, having him playing center. Um, you know, again, not a guy they're going to move. So, yeah, I mean, Cage Thompson is another forward going to rely on this year. But again, you know, it, it's going to be a very young roster. You know, really any guys they'd move the deadline are probably going to be your defenseman, Mark Pissick. Will Butcher, uh, Robert Hag, maybe, depending on how that yeah. goes. I mean, th- those are guys I think that we could see move at the deadline. And, and then it would create a, an opening for guys like Matias Samuelson to come up and play the second half of the year. And uh, going over the, the, the coach, uh, Don Granado, is, is he on the hot seat or is everyone just fine with, you know, there will be one or two years now where you bottom out again and, and build for the future? And he is the guy to do that. Or, or is he on the hot seat and, and, in order to bring in someone else that could maybe work with the team for the future? No, I mean, no. I mean, they brought him in this season um, to replace Kruger officially. I mean, he was the interim coach for the end of last season, and then they hired him officially moving forward. Uh, he did a good job of the Sabres last year. He is their developmental guy. Um, and the reason is because when he took over for Kruger last year, he took guys like Middlesat, Cousins, Dalin, Yoki Haru. Um, all of them were kind of struggling to that point and had this, wild, crazy turnaround under Granado. Dalene returns to the player we thought he was going to be. Yoki Haru returns to the player we thought he was going to be. Cousins, you know, still had some up and downs, but um, played pretty well for the most part. Middle stat really emerged as a top six center again. Uh, so I'm curious how he plays under Granado. So Granado kind of opened things up for that team. They played a more open style. They gave up a lot defensively. We'll see if that's cleaned up this year. But, you know, they, they like to play that get-out-and-transition game, counterattack game. Um So we'll see if that continues this year and, and how those players look. But yeah, I mean, I believe the contract he got was three years. Um, so yeah, I mean, he'll be here at least for the next two years. Uh, I, I think it's the right hire for them. I think he's a developmental guy that'll do a lot for the young players in this roster. He understands that. Um, he's not afraid to play them over veterans at all. Like, for example, I don't think Cody Eakins making this team. He has not practiced or played in a game with any NHL players. So it seems like he'll be waived and sent down to the AHL. So that's just one example of he wants to give the young players the ice time and he won't be afraid to set some veterans to do it. Good to hear. What about Kevin Adams, though, the GM? No, I mean, he's safe. I mean, it's, you know, he was handpicked by the owners, by Terry Pagula, um, out of kind of out of nowhere. I mean, he has no front office really experience up to this point. But, I mean, I think he's done a pretty good job, you know, for the most part, to be honest. Um, His trades have been decent. I mean, still, I mean, I still can't believe that Rich Lyon deal he got back to this day. Uh, his draft picks have been, I would say, fine, except Jack Quinn's a little bit 
eyebrow raising at this point and still really hasn't gone well. J.J. Paterka actually looks like the better pick right now out of that draft. It's still very early. Um, but there is some talk early in camp that Paterka could have made the team uh, out of camp this year, which has been interesting, but his last preseason game didn't go so well. So I, I would say he's probably headed for Rochester in the AHL. But, yeah, I think Adams is fine. Um, made some good moves. Still the Eichel trade sitting out there. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but no, I mean, he just got to build a new staff and he's brought in Jason Carmanos from uh, the Penguins and they brought over Sam Ventura too to run the new analytics department. Now they're kind of building over there. So yeah, I, I think Adams is well, you know, in his position. There's no concern that there'll be any change there anytime soon. Uh, well, the, the only thing will, I mean, like a lot of, of his, uh, what you say, legacy will be the Jack Eichel trade, right? Right, exactly. Right. So that's that's the big thing, what, what happens out of that. I mean, this, It's already to this point, it's been pretty rocky for him to where we are now. Um, but the final return, I, I guess, will kind of be the determining factor, you know, and, and we'll hang with him throughout his, his career. Yeah, I mean, um, good or bad, let's be honest with that as well. Yeah, so, so, yep. So, yep. so sure. uh, it can go both ways or or even a draw might be good in this case. I uh, think right now, best case scenario is you're hoping for a draw, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, looking, we, we touched on some of the prospects. There is a prospect pool that is very interesting. You got Owen Power, obviously. Uh, you know, Michigan hockey, a great player, career-wise, looking really, really interesting as well. Um, played for Team Canada at the World Juniors, right? Mm -hmm. And and he he will. I mean, he looks like a good stat, uh, good 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 first line player uh, down yep. the line. Um, but but. This year you also picked, and I'm sorry because it's like blue and yellow and blue and yellow here. But but Isaac Rosen was a little bit off the charts, wasn't it? Yeah, he's he's an interesting guy. I'm gonna follow this season, but I didn't. Yeah, like I said, when they picked him, I was. I mean, I knew who he was. I was like, oh okay, didn't expect that. But he's he's an interesting player. I mean, he's you know he's got that. What you can say that high range skill set finisher kind of mentality. But you know he's falling into that thing now. I mean, I I believe recently they moved him down, but I know he was playing in the SHL, but he was playing like either no minutes, like three minutes a game, which is never ideal for a prospect. So, but I believe now they moved him down to, you know, playing in a lower league where maybe he'll get some more ice time, but yeah, he's an interesting prospect to follow. Um, yeah, we'll see where things go for him. Um, they were very excited about him. So yeah, I mean, they need scoring wingers in this team, um, in the prospect world. They don't really have that. Uh, so it kind of makes sense that they, they win for that. And then now they'll have him fall in line with Paterka and, and Quinn. And if, You know, I mean, and then they drafted those three kids out of Russia too this year, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, Chisakov, Sardarian, and and who and, is the third? Uh, the it? one with the P, and I can't. For, I'll butcher his name. Papa. Papa. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So yeah, I mean, that's so. I mean, it's the first time drafting a Russian player in like seven years. I think it was too. So yeah. those was that was also not expected for them to go three Russians in a row. So. Yeah, I mean, they have some pretty interesting forwards in their prospect pool now. So they'll just have to hope and pray that um, a few of those work out for them. And if they do, then, you know, they're looking in pretty good shape. Yeah, I mean, like, essentially, you're just sitting here, you're getting three Russians and waiting for the Mishkov draft, right? Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll get lucky and, and pick off Shane Wright this year if you if you get some lottery balls to fall your way again. Uh, I, th I think Mishkov will be, you know, it's two years, though. But, man, that that player is... The highlights of them are insane. Yeah. A 16-year-old doing what he's doing. It's crazy. And, and I mean, like, he he broke the record in, in MHL last year um, and coming into to his first 
preseason game scoring, first KHL game, I think he got two assists. It's like it's it's just crazy. Yeah, and then you and, have Connor Bedard in that draft too, right? So you're gonna yeah. have two outstanding. I mean, it's setting up like the Eichel, um, uh, McDavid thing again. Yeah, I, I think it might even be because Mishkov is a winger, right? So it would yeah. be it would be more of Crosby uh, Ovechkin. Yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'd be just like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. And obviously, we know you're going to beat Montreal all the time. But but <laughs> prediction-wise, what do you think about, about this season? We we touched on it, and, and everyone is kind of fair to, to think that, you know, you're going to be the bottom feeders in, in the Atlantic, and you'll probably be the one of the bottom three teams in, in, in the whole of NHL. Um, but, but really, what do you look for in this team for this season? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to come in around a – 70 to 75 point team um there's possibility of surprise like let's say lukanen does play a lot and he plays well you know maybe you can get some of that things you can have some younger players kind of have some breakout seasons under granado um you can maybe get some way things to go your way to maybe be a 78 point team but i, I wouldn't think anything higher than that so um yeah, I mean, it, I think all you're looking for this year is development. You're looking for Dylan Cousins to show he can be a top six center. You're looking for middle staff to show that he could do that and continue on the way into last season. You're looking for Darlene at you know in his fourth year in the league to finally be that top pair defenseman that they hoped he was going to be when they drafted him. Um, and then you're hoping you find he finds a good partner in Yoki Haru, and then you're seeing how some other guys go. You're seeing how Jacob Bryson plays as a younger guy. Uh, so you know, and, and you're just kind of developing all your guys. Hopefully Tate Thompson is that next level. Uh, if our two roots aligning can kind of show that he can be a real player in the NHL too. Um, and then we'll see if any guys can come up, you know, just protect at the end of the season, push for an NHL spot and see how that goes. Does Samuelson get up here and then see how that goes. And, and then you kind of set up for your, your next wave of guys coming out of college. You have Owen Power joining next year. Ryan Johnson, you know, first round pick from 2019 will come out of college too. So you kind of have that next wave feeling behind them. So really it's hoping this first wave you have now, um, while the wins won't come, at least, you know, individually, or as a team on most nights, you know, at least may not win, but at least put up a fight. Don't get rolled every single night. Looks like you're outmatched. But, you know, if you can be a competitive team from night to night, you're not going to get a lot of wins. But if you can at least do that, I think that'll be a success. Uh, so, so it's uh, college hockey for you the whole season, more or less. Yeah, that's one of the things we're doing on our site. It, it's going to be a lot of um, – we did a last year with Ryan Johnson and kind of, you know, manual tracking of his games, um, exits, entries, you know, stuff like that, high danger passes, all that fun stuff, primary shot contributions. Uh, so we'll be doing that again for Johnson and Aaron Huglin as a prospect at the University of Minnesota this season. And then we'll be doing the same thing with Owen Power at the University of Michigan. And then we have Devin Levi uh, playing at Northwestern. Uh, and Eric Portillo was also at Michigan, their goaltender. So there's, there's a, lot, a lot of Sabres prospects this year in college hockey. So that'd be a lot of my focus. Indeed, and and that's where the future is really for 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 the blue and yellow in in Buffalo. Um, you listen to Chad Domenices, De Domenices in in um, for expected Buffalo. Uh, give give his side a follow. At least check it out before the the Habs games. Always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, normally it's the other way around though. You you interviewing me before the draft, <laughs> but but it's good yeah. to hear your voice again. And uh, um, I'm sure we will catch up during the season. Um, and there are really a lot of positives coming out of Buffalo. It, you just have to wait for another couple of years 
uh, and of course for every Montreal game because you know you win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you'll be you'll be my Rose Rosine guy now, so you, I'll, I'll be definitely hitting you up a lot about him. I'll I'll do my best to cover him uh, a little bit more than I I normally do, but uh, yeah, it might give me a chance to go to the hockey game again. I haven't been to one live for yeah a year and a half now, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, follow Chad on on Twitter. You want to give your Twitter handle because I saw it was nested, so I'm just like. Yeah, yeah. So it's just my name um, at CM Dedemenesis, and and I'm sure Pat will just uh, link it. I'm not gonna have the spell for you. Um, and then if you want to follow uh, the website itself, it's at Expected Buffalo. Um, so you you can just follow the website there. We post all of our articles. And it's you and uh, me, Skip. Anthony, and Eddie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anthony and Eddie. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, and um, go Bills. Yeah. Yes. Go Bills. <laughs> Thank you. Stay safe and healthy over there, man. Yeah. You too. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.